street. The menace must be near. Humans, evacuate your cities. Take to the sea. I claim all dry surface of Earth for the lava people. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Danger Room, the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast. My name's Adam. My name is Jeremy. And we're here to discuss... Wait, wait, what is this? The Marvel Holiday Special of 1994? Yes, Adam. Titled Catastrophe on 34th Street? Yes. We're jumping ahead. Yes, because we have to jump ahead so that we can catch up to where we were. Don't you understand? No, no, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Adam, as you recall, a couple of issues ago, uh, issue 48... uh, we were promised that Beast and Iceman would face the fury of Mitoxo, the Lava Man. Yes, yes, we were. But then we kind of we we kind of derailed a little bit to do the Angel story, which was okay because it was in its own uh, you know KSR and uh, Marvel Tales issues. And so one would expect that when they would come back to issue forty nine of the X Men, you would get a tale of the Beast and the Iceman with Mitoxo, right? Yeah, I, I got what you're saying. Is that not a reasonable expectation when one is promised that they are going to have that tale? That they should expect that tale? Well, let me let me tell you, there is actually a bit of information about this in the uh, in the omnibus. It said uh, Arnold Drake, who took over the the writing recently, uh, the past two issues, I believe. Uh, he came on board from DC from their uh, team of misfits, guided by a crazy wheelchair man oh the doom patrol doom patrol sure and uh i guess he created doom patrol okay. so they get thought they give him x-men and he thought that he would have beast and Iceman fight mitoxo the lava man but the uh heads at marvel were like we've already got a lava man and so they decided to go a different direction they already had a lot who's their lava man I have no idea. Uh, uh, they don't have a Mitoxo, just a Lava Man. Uh, I think it's a Spider-Man villain. Okay. That's just a guess. So some more backstory. <laughs> um, apparently, like, I didn't know that. That's a surprise. And, and maybe I should pick up one of these omnibuses. They seem to be filled with all sorts of good information. As a matter of fact, I did a lot of searching about what, where the heck did Mitoxo go? And that story that you just told never came up once. <laughs> uh, but they did talk definitely about uh, it not happening. Uh, and then there's another um, storyline in here. I can't. Uh, there's the Cassadra. There's the Lava Men associated with Cassadra. And I don't know who the Cassadra is. And it also references Inferno, which, I, which is the mutant storyline that happened in like, what, 90? That was like 91. Inferno? Was that the 90s? I thought that was in the 80s. Inferno was late eighties, early nineties. I want to say it was like ninety or ninety one. Could have okay. been could have been eighty nine. Don't quote me on any of that. But one of these things <laughs> one of these things says uh, Marvel Holiday Special nineteen ninety four came out after Inferno, Inferno's capitalized, which many of the lava men evolved into golden form following the death of the patron god demon Cassadra. Now I read the Inferno storyline and none of that happened. So <laughs> very interested to what happens in the X Men uh, once we get to that that era. Maybe it's a different uh, Inferno. Yeah, we'll just leave that as a little cliffhanger. But anyways, uh, so as as enamored as I have been about Mitoxo and where he went, uh, so was another guy, Kurt Busiek and James Fry. They're the creative team that bring us this Marvel Holiday Special. 
they too must have read issue 48 and been like, where the heck's Mitoxo? And when given the opportunity, they said, I am going to write the Mitoxo story. Uh, there's there's a few continuity issues with their telling of the Mitoxo story. They could have done a better job, I have to say. <laughs> well, let's get right into it because <laughs> I want to see if you notice the same continuity issues that I notice. So uh, if we could jet forward a little bit, it's 1994. Um, it's changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who knows what time it really is in the Marvel Universe? Because as you know, time travels much differently in the Marvel Universe. Right. But it is in the future. It is a much more modern Marvel Universe at this point. Beast and Iceman are still X-Men, although they are slightly different. Yes, we will refer to them as Modern Iceman and Modern Beast and go no further. <laughs> yes, and a mysterious black woman who is about to show up, we'll, we'll give her no name at all. <laughs> She's just some girl. Uh, they're apparently in the Danger Room, and apparently the Danger Room has a very large uh, television showing Christmas tales, which I find very interesting. Yeah, I Apparently, they're watching the Midas Million Dollar Mouse Cheeseball Christmas Special. Yes, it features those classic characters such as Dougie Moo, Koi Bat, uh, Melvin the Interrupting Moo 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 Cow, and, of course, that sunshiny, cheerful face, Yaki the Parrot. And Sandy Claus. Oh, and Sandy Claus. How could I forget Sandy Claus? I, I think Dougie Moo and Koi Bat are the same person. Are you sure? Dougie Moo, Koi Bat? That doesn't yes. make any sense. Right, but there's only four people there. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Anyhow, they're trying to recreate a very cheesy holiday special uh, here. And uh, there's some babble that goes back and forth. Is this referencing anything specific? No, not really. I just think that somebody put a lot of thought and effort into creating these characters for this uh, yeah, for page. <laughs> I know. Well, anyways, uh, so yeah, this television is inside the danger room and um, apparently... Iceman, uh, modern Iceman and modern Beast are working out. Iceman, modern Iceman is so uh, uh, not in the Christmas spirit that he blasts the television with his ice. Which apparently does nothing but kind of, it's like a water stream almost. The professor uh, or whomever, I mean, I guess the professor's dead, so it couldn't be the professor, but somebody, right, put, right. This, <laughs> somebody put this gigantic television in the danger room for a reason, and here's Iceman just blasting it with ice. Whatever. So Iceman, uh, he starts to complain about a lot of what's going on in the current Marvel Universe in 1994. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I don't know what any of this means. Legacy virus, phalanx, power surge. It's a lot of storylines that I either don't know or just never understood. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, yes, we'll just call them modern storylines that eventually we'll address. And apparently they're very tired of those and they're looking forward to some rest and relaxation or something like that. Beast says that, uh, that Iceman's recitation of our recent woes is more harrowing than any of the automated attacks in this danger room workout. And I guess Beast in some ways hasn't changed much at all. Nope, he's still talking the same way. The unnamed black lady with white hair shows up and asks them if they would like to go shopping with uh, her. To which Iceman and Beast say, nah, we just drag your mood down. Yep, she leaves. Yep, off she, she goes. It's a bunch of other teammates that I had no idea who they were. I don't know who any of these characters are. <laughs> <laughs> I'd read them, but what's the point? Exactly. 
So anyways, off she goes, and they go back to uh, watching the television, which, you're right, Adam, apparently shooting it with ice had no effect on it. Just less some some gross-looking drizzle spots. <laughs> you, you're right, I didn't even <laughs> notice that. It's disgusting. Uh, That's just vulgar. <laughs> so they're watching television, and they're talking about how times have changed, and how, remember when we were young, and we were first banded with by Professor X, and saving the world from evil mutants? It was a tough world, but not as tough as today. And it was fun. Yes. Fun, too. When all of a sudden, the Asian reporter with the stuff on the screen. (laughs) It's gross. Anyways, she pops in and she says, Newsflash from Midtown Manhattan. Shopping day. Oh, by the way, it's Christmas time. I don't know if we mentioned that. But anyways, it's... Oh, oh this is a Christmas story. Yes, it is a Christmas story. Uh, and and apparently um, the, the, the reporter is saying to avoid uh, downtown because uh, for, for shopping because uh, there's something out there tearing everything up. So Beast and Iceman immediately go to uh, check it out. They got nothing better to do. They're, they're, not, they're not really into the whole Christmas spirit thing. Yeah, no sense of urgency from the reporter like, whatever you do, lock yourself in your house, go into your basement, hide your children. It's just like, ah, you might want to shop somewhere else. Someone has been reported injured in the chaos as thousands of shoppers attempt to flee the area, but there are reports that the monster is kidnapping Santa Clauses? What? Now that line happens after Beast and Iceman have left to decide to check it out, so they don't, I guess they don't know, they didn't hear that part of the uh, the story there. So we flip downtown, and there is a gigantic, badass-looking lava monster wrecking Midtown, or downtown, or wherever they are. There's a small group of Santas behind him. I don't see why they're actually like his prisoner. They could just run away, but whatever. Uh, he's uh, yeah, good point. I don't know if he's in tru- um, encircled them with fire, but they look like they're being tortured. Yeah, they're very unhappy. <laughs> one of them's crying, one of them's got his mouth wide open, and they're just like a lot of wide-eyed-looking Santa Clauses. And he says, you ruined my life, humans. Ruined it with your elves and your toys and your flying reindeer. Your reindeer and your blasted Christmas stockings. Well, you're just going to have to fix it, you hear me? You'll just do as I say or you'll suffer as I have suffered. Do you really think that that's what this lava monster sounds like? Yes. Okay. <laughs> this guy's pretty cool looking. I have to hand it to whoever's drawing this issue. Uh, I like this villain. He, he's very bad looking. Evil. He looks like lava and fire. I oh. like it. <laughs> That's good. Anyhow, uh, from from the skies, uh, Iceman and Beast descend to tackle the problem. Uh, one of them asks, hey, is it anybody we know? Because, you know, they're the X-Men. They've fought a lot of evil mutants by this time. At this point, they pretty much know everybody. Pretty much. I mean, they go to, like, Christmas parties together. Well, maybe not Christmas parties. New Year's parties. They fight at Christmas, drink on New Year's. And uh, they say, oh, it's too hot. We can't get too close. So we can't really see him yet. In the words of the bard, let's shut him up and shut him down. Yes. Apparently that's a Bruce Springsteen reference, but... That's what we hear later, but yeah. yeah. 
But uh, I, I don't know which song. Are, are, are you familiar with this? Shut him up and shut him down? No, but I have a feeling it'll be the opening music for this podcast. <laughs> Provided we can find the, uh, the, the song. No, I don't know what song it is. <laughs> Anyhow, Iceman uses his ice powers to make the lava monsters some ice booties and says those ice booties ought to hold you in place for a second or two. So in 30 years, Iceman hasn't really changed his tactics or his exactly. <laughs> or his dialogue, doing the same thing and saying the same dumb things. Ought to hold you in place for a second or two. At least he's lowered his expectations. That's true. He's like, look, I've been doing this for a long time. We're going to get about a second, two maybe out of this to regroup and make a plan. Go, Beast, go. Uh, <laughs> so Beast does, but by that time, I think the ice booties are melted. And uh, I don't really know what actually happens to Beast. He's, uh, I don't know what's going on in this shut him down panel, but in the in the next panel, he uh, Lava Man is shooting a bunch of uh, lava uh, blasts at the Beast, and Beast's kind of dodging around and... Uh, Iceman uses an ice shield to block the lava uh, lava blasts, which uh, Beast also jumps behind eventually. Apparently the ice shield is very effective. That makes sense. Lava, yeah. ice. Yeah, you'd think that they would, maybe they would nullify, I guess they would nullify each other. I mean, if they can keep up the constant flow of ice and fire, it would just be a constant stalemate. You know, he's he's kicking out a lot of uh, ice there as as, he, as it melts away. Give him props. He's been doing this for 30 years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good point, good point. It's a lot of experience he's got uh, got behind him. Uh, but Beast does uh, say that uh, the heat has melted the ice. Um, let's see. And so he makes a ice in the bad guy's face special, which apparently is just a spiky ice ball. Kind of work on those namings. <laughs> <laughs> which it looks like he's shooting out of his junk. <laughs> or very close to. Definitely be between the junk and the belt. And if you follow the whole stream from his hand, it goes around in like a little circle and stuff. Yeah, but it looks, yeah, well, it looks like he like picked it up. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so apparently the lava monster gets hit by the ice spiky ball and he's hurt by it. No! Swoosh. Oh, yeah, it's ice. Uh, my mortal enemy, ice. It's horrible. So why is he in New York in winter? He must just be suffering. If I recall, their climate is, you know, wintry in December. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> know. He seems to be able to keep his own temperature. But... Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so Iceman is, is quipping on. He's, he's oh, he's turning my ice into steam as fast as I can pour it on. Uh, Beast decides that they need to distract him and uh, throws a cop car at him. Yeah, the the lava monster he keeps going on about my life. You destroyed my life. We don't quite know what that means. Let me repeat: Beast picked up and threw a cop car at him. That's pretty destructive. Come on, Beast. Has Beast ever picked up anything as heavy as a car in in our our con our, our continuity? I'm not I'm not really commenting on the fact that he can pick up a car and throw it. Just as the fact that he does. That's like a supervillain type thing to do. Well, look, this is future Beast. He's jaded. <laughs> it's modern beast. He's like, oh, been doing this for a long th time. I've seen some things. I've seen some things that you wouldn't believe. I've seen some things that would make a hard man cry. So I throw a car at a bad guy or two. What you going to make of it? Anyhow. Well, it, it works, I guess. 
he his attention gets divided and he the, the lava man starts shooting at the car and Iceman bursts in the pressure and uh hits him around his head with some ice, I guess kind of freezing freezing his head or like around his head, I guess, on his shoulders, giving him shoulder pads. Yeah. Maybe? Big gigantic shoulder pads, so his head would potentially be immovable, maybe. Not really sure. And then Beast just jumps on his back or jumps on the shoulder pads, knocking him into the ground or something. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a this is a much more gritty Beast, if you ask me. I mean, he literally pummels this guy into the ground. It's a good thing this is a lava man. Yeah, and it's at this point that the uh, Santa Clauses are able to escape once again, begging the question: How were they trapped in the first place? Because <laughs> if they were trapped by fire, then they'd be a lot more burned than they actually appear to be, which is not at all. So they go up to him, and uh, I'll be uh, beast. They comment on their phrases. I'll hit him high if you bring him low. I like to shut up and shut him down better. And that's where we get the uh, yeah, I stole that from Bruce Springsteen. Hey, wait a minute, says Iceman. Now that I see this Joker up close. You're right, says Beast. I recognize him, too. It was years ago. Dot, dot, dot. It was Christmas time then, too. All right, so I believe this is the first continuity issue. <laughs> it being Christmas time? <laughs> it being Christmas time. A Co- couple of things. When we last left the X-Men uh, in issue 48... It was, the actual issue was published in September. Now, of course, publishing dates can be different than the actual Marvel Universe dates. Uh, but there was no inkling of snow or build-up to snow or Christmas or anything like that. So I don't believe that it was Christmas. And if you take the Angel story in continuity with that, it was clearly a very nice day, even though, you know, Angel's father was killed on that day. But it was not wintry. Angel's father was killed at Christmas? <laughs> well, if this story is to be believed, it was definitely close to Christmas when Angel's father was killed, but I don't think so. Anyhow. Well, the continuity issue that I have uh, is that they're still in New York. Right. So they're also... The, 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 tale, or, uh, the tale of Remembrance begins at that uh, place, that Cafe Agogo, or whatever that hyper attitudinized Java joint was called at the time. Yes, they're supposed to be in L.A., not New York. So continuity-wise, this story would take place probably sometime before the X-Men were disbanded, uh, I'm guessing. But that's not possible, Adam. Even, well, if if you are to you know go against the whole idea that next issue features is really important, I mean, that's not part of real life. I know when I go wake up in the morning, I don't get next issue featuring Adam goes to work. Put that back. I guess that'd be kind of cool. That'd be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Next issue, Adam crosses the street. Hey, I'm crossing the street. This is great. And I knew about it ahead of time. Now, if it was said Adam crosses the street and you weren't, wouldn't you be let down? You'd be like, well, I was supposed to be crossing the street. I'd be kind of excited. <laughs> I was supposed to be crossing the street, and well, I'm not. This is great. Well, as I said before, uh, those two guys whose names I've already forgotten, uh, who set out to create this story, set out to create the tale of Mitaxo the Lava Man, which was supposed to follow issue 48, which would mean, well, I mean that there's a continuity issue. They should be in L.A. But one could say that maybe they're back visiting their folks for the weekend. 
and maybe enough time has passed that since that last issue that like maybe it's been a huge time span and it is Christmas. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. And then issue 49 will take place several months later when it's like the exact same time the next year. All right. <laughs> so maybe, maybe, Adam, hear me out. Angel, I'm sorry, uh, Beast and Iceman went to L.A. Absolutely nothing was going on in L.A. They stayed there for a couple of months, then came home, met up at the Cafe Agogo so they could meet with their ladies, uh, Vera and Zelda, and that's where we are now. All right, I'll buy it. (laughs) Anyhow, uh, so they've done a pretty good job, in my opinion, faithfully recreating the Cafe Agogo, complete with uh, Bernard and his crazy poetry. And the random girl uh, on the stage doing strange dances. Yeah, I mean, she she's in the foreground, and you're just like, yep, I've, I've seen that girl before in one of the X-Men issues. Don't know which one, but I've seen it. And uh, Iceman says, I must be going daffy. Either, there's, either that or I've been here too long. Bernard's poetry is starting to make sense to me. I feel like that's very close to actual dialogue that we've we've uh, we've encountered before. Yes, which was kind of why I wanted to do this issue. The artwork has now shifted from a more modern, very shadowy, liney drawings and such to very simple, classic drawings. And then the dialogue has gone from more modern dialogue to a very over-explanative, what am I doing now? And this is the stuff that's happening. It's a satellite moon. It's a pleasurized tune. That duck on the lake's a decoy. There's a sodium glare in the purified air. Yep, see? Good old, good old Bernard. When who shows up but Zelda, who says, are you guys ready for our date tonight? And yeah, it's going to be a real wing dig of a holiday double date. Heck yeah. And Zelda brings uh, Bobby a coffee on the house, but none for Beast, because the manager's cracking down on freebies. Wah, wah. And uh, that's when Zelda notices that Beast and uh, Iceman, or uh, Hank and Bobby, have rather down faces. They they seem kind of downtrodden, and she asks them what's going on, and they cover for themselves. Well, she's like, it's not exam time at that weirdo school you go to again, is it? A little reference to Xavier's Institute for Gifted uh, People. All right, but that would be another continuity gaffe. True, because... They've, Unless they haven't told her anything. Yeah, because they graduated in like issue seven or something. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 Zelda, we're still in college, baby. We're still working on our degrees. That's why we don't have any money. We forgot to tell you that the school moved to L.A. Yeah, we're we're exchange students, baby. <laughs> and so we get another uh, very classic, uh, can't tell the gals we're broke, Hank. Uh, we can barely afford a walk in the park, let alone Christmas presents for them. Which at uh, this point, Beast says, well, maybe we could get a loan from Warren. And Iceman says, oh, we can't borrow any money from him until we pay him back. How do you think we bought tickets to that off-off-Broadway show Vera wanted to see last month? Hmm? You think that's referring to uh, the the show with Merlin? I do indeed, absolutely. <laughs> I think you're stretching, but okay. I think so. There's another reference in here. If I can remember, I'll, I'll pull it out where they reference a, a past issue. 
But so anyways, somebody was reading the last few issues but couldn't quite get the time and the place right. Maybe they just really wanted to draw the cafe a go-go one last time. Anyhow, Vera shows up and she's like, and Beast is like, Vera, baby, you look panicked. Doesn't say Vera, baby. <laughs> well, okay, I'm, I'm ad libbing a little bit. He just says Vera. Of course, she's a girl, so he would never say Vera, baby. <laughs> Bobby, baby, what's Vera so panicked about? <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, she, there's a there's a monster out there, and he's threatening to burn down the city. She says, and then uh, and Hank and Bobby immediately put on their jackets and take off. Yep, they say, oh, we should go, I mean, let's go call the constabulary. Mm. And the girls are like, I think we're about to get stood up again. Bobby, what can you do against a monster? Oh, I'll just point at him and freeze him in his tracks with my hidden mutant powers. He reveals everything to her. <laughs> and suddenly Zelda knows. She's like, Bobby, it's Iceman. He's the mutant known as Iceman. My father's going to be so upset with me, but I don't care. I love him. Go, Bobby, go be free. Go be the Iceman. I'll be here when you're done. No, none of that happens. Uh, she doesn't believe him, and uh, they believe that they're going to get stood up. I have a problem with this next page. Okay. Uh, no 60s issue of the X-Men had this level of detail in it with all <laughs> these snowflakes. Yeah, I found these snowflakes to be irritating, actually. Yeah, like, there's only one other issue I recall in the X-Men continuity having snowflakes like this but actually worked and that was x-men 205 the barry windsor smith wolverine issue i don't know who wolverine is or barry windsor smith but that was effective this is not effective this is just distracting it's very distracting um iceman and beast they spring into action they get into their suits iceman's got his ice slide and they're heading off towards uh, the action and that's when they discover him He's your guy. Oh, I am me talk so. Well, you do the voice, Adam, not me. <laughs> I am me talk so. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe his voice was deeper back in the day. Oh, sure, sure, sure. I am me talk so, humans. Me talk so, the lava man. And we get a little asterisk. And if you can name me Toxo's only prior appearance, you're a bigger geek than Kurt and James are. This once again tells me that this falls flatly after issue 48 because that's his only other appearance and the appearance is in the coming next section right so so there <laughs> it happened adam and we're reading it okay all right fine <laughs> can't stop now i guess <laughs> no let's just stop let's go on to 49 now okay so uh, we begin with angel <laughs> he's in a window no, uh, so um, Iceman, he calls him Meloxa, which is a pretty bad name. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah, <laughs> that was very disappointing. But he starts flinging ice balls at Mitoxo. So basically, they're kind of having the same fight that they've already had in the future. Right, except that it's already snowing out, so Iceman is completely useless. <laughs> Good point. And, and Mitoxo, I also like to give props to the author, in the uh, 1994 timeline, Mitoxo is this big, multicolored, vibrant, huge, flaming lava man. And here, he's yellow and black and small and very 60s looking, if you ask me. Holy Hannah. <laughs> Holy Hannah, Iceman says. Uh, so I, I, it's the little details that I appreciate in this issue. So... Uh... 
the Toxo is apparently pretty ticked off at the humans. So Beast and Iceman immediately start drawing him away from the humans. Yeah, let's get him away from those innocent bystanders. There's a big crowd gathered around, and uh, they they see the X-Men immediately, and they're like, it's the X-Men, those beauty freaks. That blazing monstrosity must be one of them in league with them somehow. And they turn against the X-Men, start throwing bricks at them. Where do they get all these bricks? <laughs> they're always at a construction site. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's uh, at least it's a less cliche than tomatoes or anything like that. So this guy's got a big thing of wood, and this other guy's got a pipe. There's like two two bricks in this panel. Where do these uh, where do these guys come get their stuff? There's literally one guy walking around town just waiting for mutants to show up, and as soon as he does, he starts handing out the weapons. Like there they are, guys. The third panel. There's somebody with like a pickaxe. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, and a pitch. No, it's not a pickaxe. It's a pitchfork. Pitchfork. Pitch <laughs> That's even worse. Oh, I just walk around downtown Manhattan with my pitchfork just in case a muty shows up. Those darn muties! You could never be sure. So Mitaxo's like, oh, I'll take care of them. I'll just shoot them with one mighty lava blast. And Ice Man stops him and says, "Well, no, I got a better idea. Let's. Uh, I'll whip out up an ice slide and Beast push Mitaxo on the ice slide, and then they slide away." This makes absolutely no sense because if they were to push a flaming man, a flaming lava man, on an ice slide, what do you think would happen? I don't know, but they push him up. <laughs> <laughs> they do push him up, and he's sliding pretty fast. So countering gravity, the fact that he's burning, don't you think he would just go right through the ice slide? And just like land on his ass and be like, "Oh, they're shooting! They're 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 throwing bricks at me." But then he's a lava man. He'd be like, oh, "I'm just melting the bricks, and it's not hurting at all." You you suck, you stupid humans. Anyways, they escape to a back alley. Um, they, they escape to a back alley. The humans or the the mob sees them all escape together and think that they're all buddies. Oh, that's right. Yep. Uh, Mitaxo asks the X-Men why they are protecting the humans. And, and the X-Men say, well, they're not they're not that bad. They're just ignorant. They are raving destructive monsters. They must be destroyed for the good of the world. That's like every plot of every creature that crawls in from the Earth's crust that we've seen to date. And uh, Beast tries to figure out what, 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 where this comes from, why Mitaxo is so angry. And uh, Mitaxo explains that uh, he is one of the many lava races that live beneath the Earth's crust. His home lies below the bedrock of this humid city. Our only contact with your world, a vent shaft for, for air to release steam. But the humans have been plugging the vent shaft in an effort to drive my family out or destroy it. Yeah, so what are the other lava races? Is this what you were talking about earlier? I, I I have no idea. All I know is what I read, which is that there already was a pre-existing lava man. All right. So it may have been like a, a, a Silver Age villain or something like that. So in addition to like mole men and lava men, and wasn't there another man that they found? The grotesque guy and then... Yeah, and then there was the other guy under the world <laughs> so uh, with the giant robots. Yeah, there's there's like at least five species now that we've encountered that live underneath the earth. So there's Kesar. Oh yeah, Kesar in the Savage Land, which is under the earth. There's a lot of things going on down there. <laughs> the Marvel Earth is pretty crazy. 
So uh, they say, oh, that's a construction site. Oh, this is the result of a homo of happenstance, Mitoxo. The humans are completely unaware of your family's existence, and they don't mean what they're doing. They have families like my own? <laughs> it says Mitoxo. And this is where it gets really ridiculous. <laughs> I find it hard to believe that the humans and lava men are anything alike. Well, we could tell you, but we're going to show you. And they take him. They take me Toxo around. First, this uh, three-headed uh, a panel of them going different places, but we get three heads. Toxos in the middle, looking all goofy. Whoa! <laughs> Human have family too? <laughs> me not understand. Uh, it's very okay. So the first one is a child picking out a Christmas tree. Uh, girl Santa kissing her husband or boyfriend Which or whatever the 60s is pretty racy yeah yeah she's she's got a low cut uh yeah, she's got like a mini skirt on and some high boots it's hot don't get me wrong it's, it's totally hot and then uh they're peering into the window uh kind of kind of creepily at the, the family that's playing the piano next to the christmas tree i gotta wonder like there's a costumed beast an, a man made of ice and a lava man walking around being like, look, there's Christmas trees and there's people buying gifts. Aren't these people just like throwing their gifts and their trees to the side and, and, and grabbing their children and screaming and calling for the police? No, because they're being very careful and not letting anybody see them. <laughs> if you, yeah, if they can't, if you can't see them, they can't see us. Don't look them in the eyes, Mitoxo. Okay. <laughs> This kid in this in the in the very bottom one has a Spider Man T shirt. I don't think that's pro sixties either. Doesn't everybody hate Spider Man in the sixties? I don't know. He certainly didn't have Spider Man T shirts. If you look at this, it looks like he has two mouths as well. <laughs> it looks like he's got an open mouth and then just a closed smiling mouth. Or a mustache. It's <laughs> a kid with a mustache. Anyways, uh one of them, Iceman or Beast says, Yeah. Well, we did our best to explain, but, Mitoxo says, Elves, flying reindeer, a fat man in fire-colored clothing? Yeah, they're trying to explain Christmas to him, and he's, they're, they're going about it all wrong. This is most confusing. Uh, and so Iceman tries to explain that the, the elves and the flying reindeer and the Santa Claus are, are not really what's important about Christmas. What's important is the expression of love toward friends and family and peace toward others throughout the world. Beast, of course, chimes in, whispering, saying, You're neglecting the religious significance, Bobby Lad. But I suppose this isn't the place for that. I'm kidding. Well, and that's when, apparently, Mitoxo's mood completely changes and he outstretches his hand and says, Ha! Truly, these humans are not the monsters I feared. This much capacity for peace and caring? They are clearly the same as I under that strange skin. Wow. It's a shame that it's not so easy for humanity to learn this lesson, eh? Says Beast. Too true. Say, Mitoxo, why don't we do something about that little problem of yours? So it's it's very much like a uh, Christmas-themed uh, sitcom. <laughs> Where in the first 12 minutes, there's a misunderstanding. In the last 12 minutes, there's a uh, realization about what the meaning of Christmas really is. Everybody holds hands and sings a song. 
And they fix everything by going into the subway and creating a brand new vent shaft where it breaks through underground and won't be disturbed. We don't actually get to see any of that, but we do get a description of that. Right. Um, Nitox was very happy. This is wonderful. And he heads back off to the crust of the earth and uh, apparently leaves a fiery message for the two guys which says, a first Christmas gift with the thanks of Mitoxo. Oh, he leaves them some crystal geodes. Yeah, some of the finest geodes that we've ever seen before. In fact, Beast has never seen these types of geodes before. It occurs to me uh, that the geodes might make ideal Christmas gifts for Our Lady's Fair. Ah, and then Iceman's a little skeptical and says, well, what do you think the gals will actually think? Well, Vera will surmise that I've been attentive to her interest in geology, and Zelda will conclude that you're a full-time nut. Ah, sounds like perfect gifts, then. And wah, wah, wah. They slap each other on the back, and off they walk, back to the Café a go go And then we flip back to the present, or the past, our past, but the present, well, whatever. We skip back to 1994. <laughs> modern Beast and Modern Iceman are wondering, why is Mitoxo rampaging now? And um, the reason this time is even more ridiculous. <laughs> well, first Mitoxo says, I am sorry I did not recognize you, friend Beast, but you look slightly modern. <laughs> Something has happened to you. And the same for Iceman. So, yes, uh, apparently uh, the reason that he's rampaging now is that his kids are, his boy lava men are older now and are not believing in Christmas. So he's decided that he's going to terrorize <laughs> New York and kidnap a bunch of Santa Claus to prove that Christmas is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's he's going to bring like 75 Santas and be like, look, see? <laughs> Me talks, I'll show you 75 Santa Claus. Christmas real. Well, apparently it's really hot down there, so it would inevitably have been 75 dead Santa Claus. <laughs> they just, they're just like raining dead Santas. Oh, this is awful, Dad. This is the worst Christmas ever. Why are you doing this to us? Uh, yes, one of the boys... Oh, so we flash down to the Earth's crust where the boys are like, this is dumb. Christmas is dumb. They have their Christmas stalagmite up. <laughs> the One of the boys says, yeah, there's no such thing as Santa Claus. And uh, apparently Mrs. Mitoxo says, that's Claus, boys. Now your father will be home soon. Why not hang your foot sacks by the vent shaft and? And then Beast and Iceman show up. Beast dressed up as Santa Claus and Iceman playing the roguish elf. Yes. And apparently there's a little story here about how Iceman's keeping things cold enough for Beast so that Beast doesn't instantly burn up in the crust. Right, but it's he's still complaining. Yeah, he is. Uh, one of the kids' name is Volcon, and he was given a gift, I guess. And then it's like a brick. <laughs> he's given a brick. Uh, they oh, all... and, uh, his other child, Megam, was also given a brick. <laughs> and they have another child uh, who apparently got a rock airplane. Yeah, yeah. And uh, somebody else. I think there's a fourth. Somebody else got a rock. Yeah, I got a rock. <laughs> there's a fourth kid who's also very excited about rocks. Uh, and then uh, 
Mitoxo's wife. Oh, Mitoxo, you're molten in the head. Mitoxo says, I only melt for you, Kratar. You think they always talk in these ridiculous, like, <laughs> lava uh, colloquialisms? Probably. Come on, the rock man living below the Earth's crust. Um. So then, uh, why are you so cold and shiny? That's weird. And Iceman's like, I'm on. I'm an elf. Mitoxo thanks them and says, "Oh, you've given my family back. You've given me back my family's good regard." So this is really about earning his family's trust and pride back, or something. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. And Beast is like, yeah, no problem. Anytime you feel like destroying uh, Upper Manhattan, just go ahead. We'll, we'll come in and give some gifts to your kids and make everything right. What's wrong with you, Mitoxo? <laughs> yeah, get a grip, man. <laughs> I mean, I realize life must got to be pretty boring down there on your lava tube raising your kids who never get to go anywhere. Uh, Beast says, you really think the kids are fooled by modern Beast Santa? <laughs> and... Uh, It'll be funny when we get to it, but, well, it's not funny at all. Mitoxo says, oh, you all look the same to us. Yeah. And on that note, Iceman makes a giant ice elevator and uh, propels them back to the subway. And they climb out of the subway. And, and uh, they, they decide that they feel good enough that they could watch that Christmas special from the very beginning. And uh, Iceman reveals that he taped it. Yeah, you taped it. Which is another uh, evidence that this is not a 60s story. And it's not a 2000s story. <laughs> it's definitely firmly rooted in the 90s. Yep. Yeah, and uh, so they, off they go. Beast says, sigh. And they heard us exclaim as we slid out of sight. Merry X-Men to all, and to all a good night. And there you have it, folks. The untold story of Mitoxo. Merry Christmas, folks. The Lava Man. On the next page we have Captain... Oh, never mind. <laughs> We're not reading the Captain America tale. <laughs> yeah, these Christmas holiday specials are like 50-some pages. It's ridiculous. I feel, I feel like I had the 1991 or the 1992 one. I've never had any of these holiday issues. I wasn't even aware of their existence until I started doing research for Mitoxo. <laughs> Because Mitoxo was just that important to you. He was, man. He was. We we need to be complete about our, our retelling of the X-Men's tale. No, folks, i got to be honest. Uh, it is not our intention to be all-inclusive with our retcons. Otherwise, we would have started our podcast with X-Men minus one. And if anybody has read that, it's not really that good. I haven't read it. Oh, it's not that good. <laughs> it's interesting, but it's not that good. I think I have it, but I haven't read it. Meh. So we will grab the retconny issues and things that are a little out of uh, time sync only when it really grabs us. Like like Jeremy's obsession with Mitoxo. <laughs> yes, like this one. Um, this so, horrible, horrible story. <laughs> it was Christmassy, man. It was horrible. It was just horrible. <laughs> but we finally got to hear the tale of Mitoxo. If this is what comics from the '90s are about, are they going to be like? Uh, I I I hope we never get there. Believe me, I'm looking forward to a nice long run within the '70s and '80s because, <laughs> as far as I can recall, the '90s were not a good era for comic books. 
Um, on that note, on age and stuff, I was just looking through uh, something, uh, and I realized that um, th- this year or month or whatever is the 50th anniversary of Spider-Man. Really? Yeah. And so I was also thinking when I first started collecting comic books, the little seal where like the Spider-Man face was, or the barcode or whatever, when oh. I first started collecting, it said 25th anniversary. Wow. So then I started feeling old. <laughs> Because You're at, at least twenty five years old, I'm well. Yes, I'm at least, and I was able to read the comic books when I bought them. So extrapolate upon that. Um, that's a long time. That's a quarter of a century that I've been in and out of of comic books. And uh, hey, man, you're not as old as comics. That's a good point. That's a good point. Anyhow, uh, we did get some feedback on the Facebook web page. Got a bunch of good stuff from Arthur Painter about uh, video games. He basically gives a, a pretty good rundown about almost every X-Men game that I can think of. Yeah, he... So check that out on the Facebook. He lists some of his favorites as well as some of his not-so-favorites. And, um, yeah, good stuff. Go check that out. Go leave us some uh, iTunes feedback. Uh, go visit us at uh, www.redcatproductions.com forward slash danger room, facebook.com forward slash danger room, or Twitter us at go danger room podcast. Go... <laughs> <laughs> Danger podcast. I don't even remember what it is. Danger room go. <laughs> At danger room go. That's the one. Uh, yeah. So I think that's about it, huh? Thanks to everybody who uh, wished me well for my surgery. Yes. Uh, if you're wondering why Adam has sounded a little stuffed up during this podcast, it is because of that surgery. It was a sinus surgery. Clearly. <laughs> All right, well, on that note, the danger room is closed.